Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. There he is, bright and early, bright and early on this Friday evening. How's it going, brother? TGIF, brother. Yeah, man, one of them weeks. I tell you what, it's been a crazy week in wrestling, too. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff to talk about. going to be a fun weekend with uh, everything speculating and everything going on there. Uh, but before we get into everything, let's do some house cleaning things. Uh, Mr. Cage, go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about Uncaged Voice. Yes. Uh, well, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately, but if you'd like to watch some of our most recent episodes, check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on both Twitch and YouTube. I co-host that podcast with Top Tier Brian and Jigsaw Jester. And if you ever get a chance and you're interested in some uh, fantastic interviews, and to keep up to date with the current news and politics and around the world, you can always check out the Red Pill Current News Podcast. actually have uh, an author lined up for next week. Uh, also tomorrow, uh, we have uh, Mrs. Cunningham's coming on. Uh, she actually runs the uh, Initiative for Jesus uh, podcast campaign. She'll be on the show as well, and, and many other people. And we drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Don't forget here, if this is your first time listening, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. We drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday. Uh, as well as, uh, if you ever want to be a guest on the show or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always reach out to us too. Oh yeah, Donnie, I got a question for you. Uh, give me just a sec. It's a question I was going to ask you anyway, so just give me a second. <laughs> uh, O-L Kentucky spelled out. O-L Kentucky. 99 at yahoo.com that's ol kentucky 99 at yahoo.com all right so it looks like melissa smith uh sent in this and she said it was fine to use her name and donnie she wanted to know if you made up your mind about extreme rules yet that's a great question melissa i appreciate the submission um unfortunately i will not be able to attend uh uh, excuse me can't talk extreme rules live in person tomorrow night i've actually made some plans with friends so uh gotta prioritize that but i will be catching the replay on sunday on peacock all right okay and i like i said i was going to ask you that anyways on the show but uh okay and uh if you're not if you're miss smith if you're not listening uh i will uh reply to the email or donnie will one of us will reply to you and uh, let you know that uh, he's not going to be able to go there. But, yeah, guys, we answer them. If you ask us, you know, I get a lot that 
you, for some reason you don't want them asked on the show, and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, just uh, if you ever want to be a guest or ask us a question, we always respond. Isn't that right, sir? We always respond to our fans. There we go. All right, so uh, let's start off with Fantasy Booking. Uh, this is an episode that Mr. Cage invented that I absolutely love. Basically, what him and I do is we go through and we pick a wrestler uh, or a faction or what have you, and uh, somebody that if they would have booked, been booked different, maybe their entire career, maybe even their lives might have turned out different. And uh, Mr. Cage, I'm going to go ahead and turn this episode over to you, sir, and let you start us off. Thank you, sir. Well, one of my all-time favorite tag teams in wrestling history. They're one of the most popular tag teams of all time. I'm talking about the Legion of Doom, a.k.a. the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk. Numerous accolades this team had throughout its history. Both have unfortunately since passed on. Rest in peace, Animal and Hawk. And they, they won championships everywhere they went. I mean, they won them in Japan. They won them in the AWA, the NWA, the WWF. Interestingly enough, as a tag team, they had a run in WCW in early to mid-1996. This was their big reunion. They had not wrestled as a tag team in a few years at this point. Hawk had been wrestling intermittently as a singles wrestler and had been an ally of Sting for a while. But this was the official return of the Road Warriors to WCW. And man, did they drop the ball big time with the Road Warriors. There was absolutely no reason that the Road Warriors should not have captured the WCW tag team titles during this run. And what would have been great about it would have been if they would have won the titles in the spring of 96. They could have been the champions going into the big debut of the NWO. And I absolutely could have seen them being one of the, one of the key players in fighting Hulk Hogan and the Outsiders and all the other members of the NWO in that, in that big WCW-NWO war. We could have seen them exchange the titles a little bit here and there. You did also have the Steiner brothers in WCW at the time, which was great. They had some classic feuds with the NWO, but having the Road Warriors there would have given WCW a second really popular tag team to oppose the NWO and I just feel like would have added, would have given that few, that big feud a little bit more life, some some uh, some legs to it. So that, that that's my fantasy booking for this week. Okay, so that's very interesting. Um, I've got to be honest with you, I didn't even know the Road Warriors were in WCW during that time. Uh, wow, who who was actually? Do you know? Do you remember who the uh, champion, the tag team champions were at that time? So when the Road Warriors came in, Sting and Lex Luger were the tag team tag team champions, and the Road Warriors had a couple of matches against them. But then there was a match at Uncensored in March of that year, which was the Road Warriors facing Sting and Booker T. Booker T was substituting for Lex Luger in a Chicago street fight for the titles. Sting and Booker T won that match, and the Road Warriors very soon after that left WCW. So they were not still around when the NWO debuted. Ah, okay. All right. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that pick. Uh, that was a huge drop. Um, I think WWE, actually, when they come back as uh, the Road Warriors 2.0, dropped the ball with them, too. Uh, I, I just, uh, I don't understand. Uh, I know that they had some, uh, and this was 
prior or after the WCW run, I'm sure. I know that there were some uh, intoxication issues with one of them, uh, and that's what that was Vince's excuse. But uh, these guys had all the accolades in the world to be pushed no matter what. I mean, look how many chances Jeff Hardy's received. So, All right, man, that's a good one. Okay, so uh, let's see here. So my pick this week uh, is a gentleman who he actually no longer wrestles. Um, and I think that he really, I think he might still be wrestling, uh, if the WWE didn't botch his career at the beginning and at the end so much. And this week I have chosen Theodore Marvin DiBiase Jr. That's right. Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, his debut in the WWE, uh, was on May 26th of 2008, where he cut a promo about how he ended uh, he had all the intent to come into the WWE and being a world champion like his father. Uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Hardcore Holly uh, later that uh, that month at a they were the tag team champions, and at night of champions in a pay per view, uh, DiBiase Jr. actually won the world titles in his first match in WWE. So it sounds pretty good there, right? That happened after Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, actually betrayed Holly. Uh, so anyways, so, and he actually revealed that he was DiBiase's tag team partner. And, uh, I'm not sure, uh, he was supposed to have been hurt, but he was wearing a mask and it, it's a pretty good match if you guys ever get a chance to go watch it. But anyway, so they held the title for one lousy month and then a team that was thrown together, uh, in August, uh, John Cena and Batista took the titles from them. Now, they did get the titles back uh, in a rematch the following week. They had the rematch clause, and they get it back. But here's the thing. Um, so let me let me continue with the history, and I'll tell you where they made the mistake at. On October 27th, uh, DiBiase and Rhodes lost their title for the last time. They never would get them back against CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Once again, another tag team that wasn't an actual team. That's when Randy Orton comes into the picture and he shows on national television that he has a link to DiBiase and Rhodes. However, in November, uh, on an episode of raw, this is all on TV. Uh, Orton attacked DiBiase, uh, after he interfered in Orton's match to try to help Orton, uh, and Orton didn't want his help and he attacked him. Now the storyline or the real reason behind this attack and DiBiase supposedly getting injured, uh, we all know now, is because he went to shoot the uh, Marines movie that Miz currently uh, shoots all the time. So he shows back in that year. We're in 2009 still. He shows back up on Raw. Uh, it looks like he's going to aid uh, uh, Manu and uh, Sim Snuka, uh, who's getting attacked by Rhodes and Orton. But instead, he turns on those two, and he joins the legacy faction. Here's the mistake that I see, all right? So in this faction that they have, you have Cody Rhodes, you have Randy Orton, you have Ted DiBiase Jr., right? Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes, and definitely Cody Rhodes, we know that by now, they do not need this faction. All this faction does is set up Orton to get title shot after title shot. They done it at the Royal Rumble that year, if you remember. It was so bad, and there was such a, a 
like a war against Triple H and the McMahon family that uh, during this time in 2009, Triple H actually brought Shawn Michaels back, if you remember, and they reformed Generation X uh, to defeat uh, Rhodes and Orton. Or, uh, I'm sorry, DiBiase and Rhodes. So, anyways, after they got defeated, there was some tension there. Finally, uh, uh, Randy Orton, he actually attacked both of them for accidentally causing him a chance to win the WWE champion. That's what that faction was all about. That's all it was about, was getting him title shots. And then on television, uh, he actually turned on them, saying that they had planned on turned on him. Uh, so in retaliation, he went ahead and attacked DiBiase and, them and what have you. Anyways, they, they compete in a three-way dance at WrestleMania. And once again, they put Randy Orton over. He wins the match. Here's my problem. 2010 through 2011 is actually, actually after this WrestleMania match, is how DiBiase should have started his career. After the WrestleMania match, he came back with a brand new gimmick. He's no longer with Cody Rhodes. Uh, he comes back as an arrogant millionaire, just like his dad. His last name's DiBiase. That's the gimmick that he should have had from the beginning. It was so cool, uh, but it was too late. Too late. But it was done. It was so cool when they did do it because uh, I think in, uh, right after uh, WrestleMania, his dad comes out, gives him the million dollar belt. Uh, he starts looking for a manservant like Vir uh, like uh, DBS. His dad had his Virgil, uh, and he actually hires the original Virgil. That's the person that he <laughs> that he finds, and then he turns on him after our truth uh, upsets him uh, in a match. He turns on Virgil and uh, fires him, beats the crap without him. Uh, along with his uh, girlfriend at that time, on-screen girlfriend, uh, Miz's current wife, uh, Maurice. So anyways, I, I just feel like that, and then, you know, it goes on. The next year, uh, he's drafted uh, to SmackDown, and he starts this stupid thing called the DiBiase Posse. And basically, all this is is every SmackDown, before and after the show, he has a big tailgate. And if he doesn't invite a certain wrestler to a tailgate, they start a feud with them. It's just, that's how far down he went. Uh, and then finally, uh, he announced that he, and of course, I would be depressed too after my career took that big of a dive. Uh, he, he announced that he was not renewing uh, his contract in 2011, uh, August 26th, because he was suffering from depression and anxiety. Uh, with the, He wasn't renewing it. But, before he ever went to the WWE, once again, this guy was a world champion in his own right. He held the Florida World Heavyweight Championship. He, held, he also held the uh, FCW Southern Heavyweight Championship, the Fusion Pro Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. This is all before he came to WWE. Uh, the Fusion uh, Tag Team Championship uh, with Mike DiBiase, his brother, uh, and then uh, he was ranked number 34 out of the best 500 singles uh, wrestlers in the Indies before coming there. So I just think they missed a golden opportunity. Uh, right now he's got a couple different uh, charity foundations that he's running, nonprofit charity foundations. I mean, he's doing well. He's fine. But he's not in the sport. And you talk about an athlete. Uh, I just think it's sad uh, how much they missed the boat with this guy. Your thoughts? I think you pretty much summarized his uh, career really well. I mean, 
Ted DiBiase Jr. could have basically inherited his dad's gimmick and could have been the arrogant, you know, spoiled rich kid. That's how they could have started him out. And I thought that's what they were alluding to when he first debuted because he, he had that tagline where he said, everybody's got a price, but me, I'm priceless, which I thought was a great tagline. And initially, I think the tag team that he was in with Cody Rhodes was supposed to be called Simply Price, Simply Priceless before they joined up with Randy Orton. And my biggest issue with the Legacy Stable is that it was just all about Randy Orton. Those two guys were just his cronies. It wasn't like the three of them were equals. You know, all, all three of them were, uh, you know, second generation superstars who should be treated like main eventers. And DiBiase had a lot of talent. There's no question about it. Um, and they just dropped the ball big time. So I don't, I, I don't disagree that he should have been treated a lot better during his time in WWE. Yeah, he, um, uh, Randy Orton, if you remember, he, he created that stable not long after he was kicked out of Evolution. And I think that uh, he was still butthurt. And that's all these guys were used for. I mean, you're right. It was just used to put him over. Uh, and then he ended up turning on them. <laughs> just, I don't know. But, uh, okay, so uh, hope you guys enjoyed that segment. I love that segment. That's why we do it every episode at the beginning. Uh, but uh, we are going to switch things up just a little bit. Uh, we are going to get into Extreme Rules card. And we are going to make our prediction. Uh, the reason why we're doing this is because we don't want to uh, forget about this. And we don't want to run out of time where we don't do this. Because this is, I think this is one of the, uh, it's turning into, let me put it that way. It used to not be one of the main pay-per-views of the year. But it seems like it's turning into that. Which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. I used to look forward to this. I used to be a, I used to love hardcore wrestling. And I missed ECW when it first went out. Uh, but the last few years, I haven't really cared about this pay-per-view. But this year, I'm looking very forward to it. And after you hear this match card, you might too. Uh, so the first match on the card, we have for the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, Liv Morgan, who's the current champion, versus Ronda Rousey. It's an extreme rules match. By the way, none of these matches are one-on-one. -on -one. They all have some type of stipulation, which makes it, a better pay-per-view in my, you know, if you're going to call pay-per-view extreme rules, you should have stipulations. So anyways, this is an extreme rules match. I've got to say Ronda Rousey is going to win her, uh, her belt back. I think the Liv Morgan things uh, played out. Uh, what do you think, sir? I'm in agree with, with you. I think this is Ronda's time to uh, reclaim the SmackDown women's title. And I do like the fact that you uh, called it Ronda's belt because right now it really is Ronda's belt. It was a, fluke win for Liv Morgan. I mean, good for the Liv Morgan fans out there, but she hasn't looked very strong as the champion. We all can agree about, about, about that. She looked okay against Shayna Baszler at Clash of the Castle, but her first match at SummerSlam with Ronda Rousey, I, I was like, what is this, a joke? So yeah, I'm going with Rowdy Ronda Rousey in this match. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, and I mean, I know that <clears throat> the last couple weeks, and I'm sure... I'm sure on SmackDown tonight, she's going to go after Ronda Rousey again. They're trying to make her look tough, like she actually has a chance in this match. I get that, but, I mean, let's just be honest. Nobody expects her to win this match. <laughs> so, uh, the next match on the card is the Raw Women's Championship. And we have Ponytail Girl, Bianca Belair, 
versus Bailey. And this is a ladder match. And, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's time for Bailey to, uh, to win a, mat, a main event match on pay-per-view. It's been way over a year, and I'm talking before she got hurt, way over a year since she's actually won on a pay-per-view. Yes, she's got the title back from Bianca before, but it's always been on, like, Raw or SmackDown. So I'm looking forward to this match. My pick is uh, Bailey. What do you say, sir? Even though I've established that I'm a Bianca fan and think she's very talented, um, I also think that WWE is strapping a rocket to Bailey right now, and they are going to put her back uh, pretty much in charge of Raw in the women's division. So I think Bailey is going to win the Raw women's title. Well, she's the role model, brother. So she's the role model. So, yeah, only makes sense. All right, and the next match, and I'm looking forward to this match as well. Uh, especially since they now have a special referee on it. Uh, and this is Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins, the uh, fight pit match. Uh, I think this is going to be a good match. Um, I actually think unless they add another match tonight, like a rematch for the Intercontinental title, if something happens to that match tonight, and we'll talk more about that, uh, I actually think this match is going to steal the show in my opinion. But I've got to say my guy Seth is going to win this match. He's way overdue. Uh, don't know why they don't have him chasing a title. Uh, so, yeah, I picked Seth Rollins. Your choice? I think Matt Riddle is going to show a much more aggressive side to, uh, to himself in this match. He's going to shock a lot of people. I think he's going to beat uh, the architect tonight. Tomorrow. Son, are you... <laughs> Here, here I thought that you were – are you sleeping? I mean, Riddle, really? Uh, Seth Rollins has uh, – he's passed due for a major win. In my, go ahead. I know you are going to say something. No, finish what you're saying, then I'll uh, – I'm done. I'm done. Seth Rollins is going to beat him bad. Beat him bad. Well, I, I don't know. Riddle comes from that MMA background and the fight pit – is a little similar to uh, MMA, and I, I just think that Riddle, it's Riddle's time to get a big win on a big stage against Seth Rollins. Yeah, well, either way, the way this ends, I hope it's the end of it, because I really think they're wasting Seth Rollins' time continuing this feud with Matt Riddle. So I hope it's the end of it and they move on. Uh, the next match uh, is Edge versus Finn Balor. It's an I quit match, and yes, Edge is still in this match, even though he did get hurt uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Uh, he is still in this match. It's going on full force. Now, I'm, I pick, of course, I'm going to pick Judgment Day to win this match, but this is the match that I think uh, we're going to see the rabbit come out in. I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that, you know, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's the White Rabbit. If it's anybody else, they might as well just cancel the show for the next month because everybody's going to be so disgusted. They're not going to tune in anyways. But Bray Wyatt, if you if everybody remembers like six months ago, it's not been that long, four months ago, he changed his name on Twitter to the Wyatt Six. So he's going to have a family with him. And I don't know. I just, I have this feeling that, 
uh, Edge is going to be a part of that family, and uh, they're going to battle Judgment Day. I think he's going to interfere. I think Edge will, Edge will lose the match somehow, and Finn Balor will win, and then they'll start attacking Edge, and then boom, here comes the Fiend. Just my crazy head going away with me. But, yeah, my prediction is Finn Balor. What, is, what say you? I think that's an interesting theory. We'll see if it plays out. Um, I am in agreement with you 100% that the White Rabbit is Bray Wyatt. And, yes, I am saying with full confidence that the White Rabbit is Bray Wyatt. Um, anything else, I, I agree with you. They might as well just cancel the rest of the show and, and not even bother with programming for the next couple of weeks because people will be so disgusted. But um, as far as who's going to win this match, I mean, if Edge can go full strength, I think we'll have another solid match on the card because both of these guys are great in the ring. But I'm, I'm going to go with Finn Bauer and Judgment Day actually winning this match. Well, they need to win, right? I mean, they, they do. As, as a faction, I mean, they've, took a, they've put enough people over and been beat enough. Um, you know, and there's several things that could happen in this match. <clears throat> it may be that uh, uh, everybody thinks that AJ Styles is coming out there to help Edge. And then he joins Judgment Day. There's so many scenarios they've got playing with this team. Uh, it could be interesting. I tell you that White Six, that family, uh, I tell you somebody else, uh, Mr. Cage, that I think could be in there. I'm going to get your opinion before we move on. And that is Dexter Loomis. The way he's been acting with the Miz and everything, I think he could be a part of that. What's your thoughts? I, I agree with that, and I think it would make total sense. I also kind of think, and people might disagree with me here, I think Karrion Cross might and Scarlet might have some uh, connection to uh, Wyatt Six, as you called it. I could be wrong, but some, something tells me maybe they're tied to it as well. Yeah, the only reason in any other time, uh, or just about any other star, I would say, yep, you know what, that makes perfect sense. The only reason why I don't consider him... Uh, and it could be. I mean, anything's possible. But he is uh, hes destined to be a champion on that show. And usually who Bray Wyatt has around him, like when he had the Wyatt family, uh, they might be tag team champions or intercontinental, but he's usually the main attraction, like the world champion. And Karrion Cross, man, he's doing such a heck of a job on his own, only to wrestle one match since his relaunch. Uh yeah, so uh, that's the only reason why I think that they probably won't go that way, but it could. I mean, it could because he used to be called the White Rabbit, they say, on Lucha Underground, which was actually Paul London when I watched it, but I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. The next match is actually Karrion Cross versus Drew McIntyre. And I actually have wrote down here, uh, uh, Mr. Cage, that uh, if he doesn't interfere, if the White Rabbit doesn't interfere in the Edge and uh, Finn Balor match, that he could interfere in this match, helping out Karrion Cross. So I'm not at 100% disagree with you. At least I was thinking that earlier. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross. I don't know why Karrion Cross has to waste his time with Drew McIntyre on his first pay-per-view. It's a strap match. But uh, my pick is, of course, Karrion Cross is going to wipe the mat with this Drew McIntyre fellow. Your thoughts? Well, the Scottish Warriors going to definitely put up a fight. There's no question, but uh, yeah, this will be uh, this will be a win for Karrion Cross, in my opinion. No, 
No argument from me there. Uh-huh. All right. And then we have the Brawling Brutes uh, uh, versus Imperial. And it's this is called a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. I have no idea what that is. Uh, I think Imperial is going to win this match. Something very interesting, though, and I know you don't get a chance to watch NXT, but uh, the uh, Brawling Brutes were actually on NXT and challenged pretty deadly for the NXT titles, and I actually thought they were going to win. I mean, that's how much they were dominating this match, and Imperial showed up and cost them the match. So there's a lot of buildup to this match. I think it should be pretty good. Uh, I do look for Pete Dunne to be called Pete Dunne again <laughs> soon. He may still stay with the Brawling Brutes because even when he was Pete Dunne, uh, his tag team part, uh, partner on the Brawling Brutes was with him as Pete Dunne as well. So, uh, But he did re-sign his contract with Triple H uh, earlier this week. Uh, I don't know how long, but I know he re-signed it. So uh, I look for a name change on him soon. But I, I have to give it to Imperial. I think they're just uh, they're on a wave right now. They're recently back together, this duo. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they brought them back together to lose. So your thoughts? I kind of have to disagree. I feel like the Brawling Brutes have a lot of momentum going their way right now. I think this is going to be a, uh, a definitely like a really uh, – it's going to be a slobber knocker, as uh, JR used to say, a nice hoss fight. Um, but I think I'm going to give this one to the Brawling Brutes. All right. So that is uh, right now because anything can change tonight. We've seen that before. Right now that's all the matches on Extreme Rules card, which is a lot because you have to consider – you have an I quit match, you have a ladder match, you have an extremes rule match. Uh, but the only thing that kind of bugs me a little bit, and it goes back to unifying the tag team titles and the world title and the universal title, the only belts that are being defended on this pay-per-view are the female belts. There's no tag team match for the titles. There's no world champion on the line. There's no U.S. And as of right now, there's no intercontinental title on the line. Um, I don't. I, I think that might be a missed opportunity. You don't have to have the world title defended on every every pay per view, but you should have at least one, in my opinion, one of the male titles to uh, to be defended on the pay per view. What are your thoughts about that? I'm with you 100%. I have no idea why the U.S. and Intercontinental titles are not being defended. Um, and the tag titles also. Like, why are the Usos not booked for the show? That's a that's a big disappointment, in my opinion. They, there's no reason they shouldn't be defending those tag titles. As long as, I, mean, as, I mean, as long as we don't get, like, the 12th match between the Usos and the Street Profits again. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, baff, it's baffling. I, I, I don't get that at all. Yeah, you know, and... Uh... And they talk about uh, challengers for the Usos, right? Like they do Roman Reigns. Uh, I would love to see the Usos fight the Vikings. I don't think I've ever seen that match. I'd love to see that match. I think it'd be great. I'm not saying give the titles to the Vikings, but I think they'd put up a heck of a fight. And I think it'd be a good match. And it's something that you don't see <clears throat> like you see uh, New Day in the Vikings every day. So, uh, So anyways, let's move on to... Dynamite results. There are a lot of things happened on Dynamite this week, and we're going to get to it for you. Uh, but let's start off with the first match that we had on the card, and that was Daniel Garcia versus uh, with teaming up with Brian Danielson, 
versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And, of course, the Jericho Appreciation Team does win. Uh, and there was some distraction there. Uh, however, hey, man, when you're a veteran like Jericho, you know you've got to, and you're a world champion, you've got to do what it takes to win. And that's what they did. Your thoughts on that match? Well, of course, leave it to Chris Jericho. He finds a sneaky way to win every match. Le Champion sc- scores the W for his team. But uh, I think his uh, war with Brian Danielson and, quite honestly, with Daniel Garcia is far from over. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, he's got a match against uh, Brian, uh, Brian Danielson in, uh, in uh, two weeks, I think, for his Ring of Honor title. Um you mentioned, uh, of course, he had to find a way to win. Uh, every single match they had on Dynamite was caused by a distraction or some kind of uh, cheating. Every match, this Dynamite. That's the only thing they took away from that. They had such a great show. It was their anniversary show. But that's the only thing that uh, I think that took away from it. Uh, the next match... Was and I, I think this next match is the match that stole the show this week. Uh, it was actually the first match on the card, I believe. Uh, it was Willer Yuta versus MJF, and I have to give him props. Willer Yuta, uh, he he put on a match. Uh, he he was he did very good, very good. Um, however, uh, MJF did end up winning the match fair and square. Uh, but then these guys come out and they start attacking Willer Yuta, and MJF kind of. I don't know if they're if he's trying to do a, a face turn or what, but he didn't like it that they were attacking him. Uh, and then he acted like he was going to attack him, and William Regal comes in and puts his uh, uh, his <laughs> his brass knuckles on, acting like he's going to knock MJF out. Uh, that old man better watch it because you know he's liable to have a heart attack or something. But anyways, what what are your thoughts about that match? It was a solid match. I appreciated the fact that MJF uh, put in the work. He didn't really look like he had too much ring rust because this was his first official match back in quite a while. Wheeler Yuta definitely put his athleticism on the line. I'm glad he gave a, a good match, and it wasn't just like an easy win for MJF. I wouldn't have liked that, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's just kind of their way of saying that, well, because he goes back many years with Wheeler Utah, that MJF has a little bit of respect for him. So that's why he didn't want anyone to beat him down after the match or what. I wouldn't personally read too much into it. It's MJF after all. He's the king of the swerves. So, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, as far as the altercation with William Regal, I mean, <laughs> William Regal does have a history of health issues, so he shouldn't try to overexert himself. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, MJF, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, everybody knows I'm an MJF fan, but in, in putting that aside and stepping outside the box, uh, he looks good. Like, to not be in the ring for that long, he's in shape. He, I think he's in better shape before he took his hiatus than he was before he took off uh, for the summer. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, I think he's serious this time. Uh, I'm not saying he wasn't serious last time he was wrestling, but... I think uh, I think he's had an awakening because he was kind of drifting by there in the Warlow match and the CM Punk match at the end. So, uh, and then the next match was Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. 
Uh, Darby Allen does win the match because of uh, Jay Lethal's crew, I guess. Uh, they walk out and they distract him uh, as he's telling them to get out of there. He's got it. Um, the best thing, Jay Lethal's one of the best wrestlers out there. I say this just about every episode. The best thing he can do is get rid of those guys and go back on his own uh, because that's when he'll start winning matches again. And I'm hoping that's getting ready to happen. Uh, I've been thinking it for a long time, but I try to, you know, just, well, maybe they'll add somebody else or he'll finally get a win. But no, man, he doesn't need those guys anyways. And uh, he needs to be uh, chasing titles. So as a singles competitor, your thoughts. I think that Jay Lethal needs to bring back Black Machismo because that's the last time he was relevant. I'm totally joking. He was a, had a hell of a career in um, ROH, so I will not knock Jay Lethal for his accomplishments. But, uh, yeah, I don't really see the benefit of him being paired with Th- uh, Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh anymore. He'd probably be better off on his own at this stage. Yeah, the only reason why I think that they might have kept it going this long is the because uh, they're going to have to let them other two guys go. Seriously, when he leaves, what what, what are they going to do with them? They can't wrestle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. I know Tony Khan hates to fire people. They can say what they want to about Tony Khan. Uh, yes, he's a ruthless businessman. He's he's you know football and football teams and all this stuff because of his dad, but uh, he hates to fire people. I really believe that. So, uh, and then we have uh, Hangman Page versus Roosh. Uh, Hangman Page does win, which is stupid. Uh, I don't know why they keep letting this guy have victories, but what I enjoyed was after the match. Don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Roosh, and I thought that... uh, uh, I actually thought he was going to win the match, and I, I thought he'd done a good job, and he came close. But after the match, John Moxley shows up and enters the ring. And here's some of the takeaways I got from that. So John Moxley tells this guy, in 13 days, I'm going to leave my house. I'm going to walk down Vine Street. I'm going to show up at Heritage Bank Center, and I'm going to break your face. <laughs> and then Paige suddenly becomes a tough guy and he goes well if you're waiting for this for that long why don't we just do it right now and i love that moxley didn't just walk off but he turns around and he tells page his mouth is getting ready to get him a vowed to beat him down in cincinnati and yeah uh i think moxley will destroy adam page i don't think page should even be in this match uh but what are your thoughts about that segment? Oh, I liked it. I liked the intensity that they brought. Um, I, I do sort of like the fact that John Moxley is confident that he can beat Adam Page and move on to the next feud. I mean, that's the that's the mark of a true champion. Carry carry yourself uh, with confidence and knowing that you're gonna that you're gonna win the battle. Um, I wouldn't treat Adam Page like he's gonna be a pushover per se. But, uh, you know, I am more of a John Moxley fan than an Adam Page fan. Everybody knows that. So I think this will be a John Moxley win uh, when they eventually uh, clash. Yeah, I have to agree. And I'm not a huge John Moxley fan. Um, but I do like and I do respect him for everything that he he's been through the last couple of years and to be back on top. Uh, even though I don't 
care much for the character. I do, you know, I can appreciate the man, right? Uh, the thing with uh, the world title in AEW, let's just be honest. If it's not Moxley, it's MJF. Who else do they have? The only other person worthy of that belt is on suspension right now. So I don't know who else they would have. Uh, the next match. <laughs> by by wrestler on suspension, I, I assume you're referring to the Kenny true Omega. champion. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure we're on the same. Oh page, yeah, sir. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the uh, the next match was Athena, uh, Willow Night and Nightingale versus Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, and Penelope Ford, uh, and Serena, uh, Deb. I I don't know. Anyways, uh, it <laughs> it looks like that. Uh, I know that Willow uh, lady got the pin and defeated uh, Jamie Hader, but the main thing I thought was Paige Sarah or whatever her name is. She actually got physical uh, on a wrestling show for the first time since 2017, and uh, that got more attention I think than the whole match. And I did some research after that because I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They couldn't let, you know, Britt Baker, her touch Britt Baker if she's not cleared. She is cleared from her neck injury. So she is cleared to wrestle now. I did find that out. Uh, actually, seen the documentation, what have you. Uh, so she's clear. So what are we going to see now? Is she going to feud with Britt Baker? Uh, I don't know. Very interesting. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, I just want to say, express how happy I am that Soraya finally got cleared to compete again. She belongs in a wrestling ring as long as she's healthy enough to compete. And I'm really happy to hear that. It's going to make her fans very happy. Um, so I can't wait to see her get back in the ring and show us what she can do again. And I think Britt Baker is a great choice for a first feud for her. And she was quoted a while back saying that if she ever competed with anyone from AEW, Britt Baker was at the top of her list. Yeah, uh, I just hate it because I used to like Paige, you know, when she was in the WWE. I just hate that uh, the first person that she feuds with, she's going to lose uh, with Dr. Britt Baker. So, yeah, that kind of stinks for her. But, yeah, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's what they want to do. Uh, and then we had the uh, TNT Championship, uh, Wardlow versus Brian Cage. Uh, Wardlow won that match, but I've got to be honest with you, um, I could see Brian Cage actually winning that match uh, at a point. I'm not just saying that because uh, I'm a Brian Cage fan. Uh, I've always said that he's been underutilized. He may be on my list one day uh, as wrestlers who should have been booked different. Uh, but he just, I mean, that guy, that suplex that he did on Wardlow was just, and Wardlow's not a small man at all, uh, just looked awesome and looked easy for him too. So, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't quite think that that might not be over because if they're looking for somebody to take that title from him, and you're not going to let Miro do it, then uh, Cage probably would be the next in line in my in my mind. Your thoughts? Well, first off, I was uh, the highlights that I watched from the match. I was really surprised by the athleticism from both guys because these are two beefy guys. I mean, let's let's face it; they got a lot of muscle on those on their uh, two bodies combined. Um, there was one point I think Wardlow did a Hurricane Rana, which I never thought I'd see from him. But I agree with you, Brian Cage 
Very similar build to Wardlow. Probably one of the few guys on the roster, other than, like you said, Miro, who could probably go toe-to-toe with, with, with uh, I, don't, I don't even know what Wardlow's nickname is, but I'll call him like the Messiah, the Powerbomb or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd like to see these two clash again. And if Brian Cage were to win the TNT championship, I, I wouldn't be upset about that. No, because Brian Cage has paid his dues, man. I mean, uh, you know what? He might be my guy in the next episode, if I remember. Because <laughs> uh, he has paid his dues. I mean, he's been, yeah, he's he's new to a lot of people who just watch uh, televised uh, wrestling promotions. But if you're like, if you're like me, and you 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 always watch the independents try to find out the new stars, and if you watch uh, New Japan and and all this other stuff, uh, if you have an addiction, it's an addiction of mine, by the way. Uh, if you have an addiction, like I do, uh, then you know how long he's actually been around, and uh, how many blown opportunities different promotions have had with him. So uh, it was also, and I don't even know why I had this wrote down. I thought it was stupid and a waste of time. This is the part of the show where I threw my remote at the TV because I was so bored. Uh, but it was National Scissoring Day, and it featured the Acclaim and Billy Gunn. And once again, let's keep making our tag team titles look stupid around stupid people who do stupid things instead of putting up and they need to shut up. Uh, I don't know if you caught that segment or not, but yeah, it's all yours. Well, I read about it. I did not actually get a chance to watch the segment. And up until now, I have defended the acclaim because I said they're both charismatic. They're really over with the crowd. They've got Billy Gunn in their corner. Um, so I was all for getting some, seeing some new faces as the tag team champions. Um, but I have to admit, I'm, I am not a fan of this whole scissor me daddy uh, joke and everything. Um I think it's really stupid and juvenile, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you could have said, obviously, that the DX gesture was uh, was juvenile back in the day, but the difference is that was really over with the crowd. And DX did other stuff that made them entertaining. They didn't just, um, you know, make obscene gestures. They were They cut great promos, and they put on great matches, and that's what made DX so amazing. I mean... Uh, the acclaimed, I, I was rooting for you guys, but you really, you really disappointed me with this segment. Yeah. And another thing on DX was, uh, they beat people up. They beat people down before they went into like making fun of, uh, Vince and Shane and, uh, the rock and, uh, uh, the nation of domination. Uh, when they first started out, they were just like Shawn Michaels and, uh, uh, triple H. Uh, yeah, they beat people up in China. They cornered them and, uh, called them outside and stuff, and uh, that's what got them over. These guys, and I said this the day they won the title, I actually picked uh, Swerve and Our Glory to win two, two guys, a tag team that I despised, one of the guys on the tag team, but I picked them to win because these guys haven't proven themselves. I don't know these guys, and and I watch, like, like I've mentioned, I watch all promotions. I don't know them. I know Billy Gunn, and I know Billy Gunn is the only member of DX who won't be on Raw next week at the uh, 25th DX anniversary, which is interesting. So, yeah. Uh, the next match was uh, Luchasaurus versus uh, Del Sol. And, of course, he won. Luchasaurus is kind of like Omos. Uh, they just, you know, they put him in there against people that uh, that uh, they know he can beat. Um, 
uh, Jack came or Jungle Boy come out and uh, he did a challenge uh, Luchasaurus to a fight right then and there. Uh, Christian, who acted like it was going to happen there, but then, of course, Christian does what Christian does. And that's the only thing Luchasaurus has got going for him is Christian. Uh, he loses him and he's out, I think. Uh, but, anyways, uh, he did a swerve and uh, that match is actually going to happen in, when they're in Canada. Uh, I, I don't know if that's this week or next week, but it's coming soon. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I think Jungle Boy will destroy him unless Christian gets involved. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this was a write off match to me. It was boring. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was a typical squash. I mean, there was never a doubt who was going to win this match. They're setting up the feud between the former tag team champions, so that's exciting. I mean, if you want an early prediction from me, I think it's foregone conclusion that uh, Jungle Boy's going to win and he's going to continue his feud with Christian Cage. I wonder if he'll go back to his name, Jack. Uh, why, why would he stick with Jungle Boy now that, you know, the, the Tyrannosaurus crap is over with? I don't know. Uh so that was the last match, right, on the card. But, 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 that's never the end to AEW. So before AEW Dynamite ever started, there was an altercation backstage. And basically what happened was uh, Andrade, Elder, uh, Elder uh, I never could say his name. Uh, and- Andrade, fine, El Idolo. fine, fine, fine. Interrupt me. How rude. How rude. But yeah, so Andrade and uh, Sammy, uh, they engaged in an altercation backstage that turned actually physical. Uh, and Andrade was actually sent home, right? Uh, and this all started, uh, I think it was the day before. It was the day before. Uh, Andrade was on an interview uh, in Mas Lucha in which he criticized Sammy for complaining, and I would have too, complaining to the locker room uh, that he was in a match with Andrade and Andrade hit him too hard. (laughs) Dude, you're a wrestler. You're a professional wrestler. Somebody hits you too hard, go to them. Don't go to the locker room and cry like a baby. So so anyways, uh, the Twitter messages went as follow. Uh, From Andrade, I said it to your face. If you have a problem with me and you said nothing, I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional. Don't be scared. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) I was reading. Uh, When I say something, I name names, and I'm not scared to get fired. And Sammy responded, uh, you don't say the S word to me, you liar. You didn't say the S word to me, you liar. But here's some truth, you ungrateful prick. You would be jobless if it wasn't for your dad-in-law. Are you really mad at me or mad at yourself for failing to get over for a second time? Just go back to the WWE like we all know you want to and F off. Andrade responds and he goes, okay, I'm a liar. See you on Wednesday. I'll tell you to your face again. And nothing you say that you don't have any problems. So here's the thing. A lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, people that post on YouTube and Twitter have this backwards. They say that Andrade says that he's not going to hit him because he's a professional. That's not what he said. He said 
that's what he said to Sammy when he first confronted him that Sammy's saying never happened. He didn't say that he wasn't going to, uh, he was going to be a professional and not hit him or uh, get in an altercation with him on Wednesday. I'm not saying he should have, just saying they've got their facts wrong. Because I went and looked up the tweets and, of course, screenshotted them for the show tonight. So, uh, so anyways, uh, backstage, uh, from my understanding, uh, Andrade did approach Sammy Guevara. I don't know why Tony Khan, I mean, this could have been preventable. I don't know why. I know he has security. Uh, and you've got people mad at, uh, at Andre, uh, Andrade uh, <laughs> because Sammy pushed him and he threw a punch. And they're mad because it's so soon after uh, All Out with the CM Punk ordeal. Uh, but we're, you know, and even every report I've read, nobody, and even Sammy Guevara has spoken, but not about this. And nobody can confirm if the punch actually connected, if it landed. Um, but initially, it was reported that both men were sent home from the show, but that's in a, that was inaccurate. Because uh, Sammy actually got the pin. He was, like, rewarded. He got the pin uh, in the Jericho uh, in his match against uh, Garcia and Danielson. So, uh, I, I don't know. Um, people say that uh, Andrade wants to go home. But on that same interview, if you go listen to it like I did, uh, where he talks about his issue with Sammy Guevara, uh, he talks well about his contract. He said he's happy. He talked like it was enough money. He talked like uh, the schedule wasn't as grinding as it was in the WWE. So uh, that kind of shoots that scenario in the foot that he's trying to get fired in my eyes. So I don't know, man, your thoughts. Well, it sounds like there's more than one person uh, behind the scenes who doesn't like uh, Sammy Guevara. I, I was under the impression that Sammy and Eddie Kingston just hated each other's guts, but apparently Andrade hates him too. Now um, for as talented as Sammy Guevara is in the ring. It seems to me like his mouth gets him in a lot of trouble behind the scenes. And he's still a young kid in the sport, in the grand scheme of things. And if he doesn't keep that mouth in check, he's going to continue making a lot of enemies. And that could derail any pushes that he may receive in the wrestling business. And this doesn't matter if he stays with AEW or if he goes to WWE or he goes somewhere else you got to watch what you say and you have to try to conduct yourself like a professional and people might get on Andrade for quote unquote, you know, making the situation go a little further. But to me, it sounds like Sammy was the instigator here. Well, here's the thing. And I'm, a, and you know, this, I'm a fan of Sammy's, uh, but usually where there's a little bit of smoke, there's fire. And now there's two altercations involving the same person in less than two months. So there's a problem there. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Eddie Kingston whatsoever. I am an Andrade fan. I've been. I thought he was great in NXT. I thought that they didn't book him right when he came to the main roster, which they didn't book many, many, many uh, great superstars from NXT to the main roster. But anyways, uh, yeah, there, there's something going on. You're right. He's young, but... Uh, he knows better, man. He's been with that company since the start. Uh, he knows the policies, and I think he—I kind of think he's protected. I don't know why, but I—I I, I know Tony Khan likes him, and I know that Tony Khan does not is not a buddy buddy like he is with most of them with Andrade. So 
I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Rampage tonight. Uh, so far on the card. Uh, the AEW. Oh, yeah. By the way, Andrade lost his match. Okay. They not only sent him home. They took him off his match. He had a, a title shot uh, that he was supposed to fight in tonight. I can't remember who it was against. Uh, but, yeah, they took him out of the match. He, he's not in the match. They replaced it with the AEW World Trios Championship title. Uh, Death Triangle uh, is going against Dark Order. Oh, he was supposed to fight not a title match. He was supposed to fight 10, and it was a winner. Uh, if he lost, he had to leave AEW. If uh, the number 10 lost, he had to demask. That was the match. Sorry, I thought it was for a title. That was the match. Uh, but anyways, 10 still in the match, in a, in a main event match. Uh, he's teaming up with John Silver and uh, Alex Reynolds, and uh, they're going after the trio's championship. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, John Moxley and Willer Yuta and Claudio, uh, they're going to be fighting uh, Rush and uh, Private Party. Tony Nice and Josh Woods uh, versus the uh, Varsity Blondes who I thought split up, uh, Griff Garrison and uh, Brian Pillman. I thought they split up and went their separate ways, but I guess not. And then we have Madison Ray uh, and uh, Sky Blue uh, will be going against uh, Tay Malo and uh, Anna Jay. So uh, any uh, any comments on the uh, card for uh, Rampage, sir? I'm curious to see how the trio's championship match goes. And also the Blackpool uh, Combat Club against uh, Roosh and Private Party. Although, I, again, I think uh, I think Death Triangle is going to retain in the trios match. And I think that Blackpool Combat Club is easily going to win their match. I, I also, I'm with you. I didn't realize the Varsity Blondes were still together as a tag team. Um, I do think that Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr. has a lot of potential. Personally, I think he needs to become a single star and not be stuck in a tag team that has no real upward mobility yep, right now. I agree. Uh, I think he has, uh, yeah, he's got to shed that. I mean, I know that he done it because his dad was in the Hollywood Blondes, but that's ran its course. Uh, I'm like you. He needs to be on his, I thought he was on his own, but I guess not. He needs to be on his own. Uh, he needs to, uh, and you may disagree with this, but he needs to uh, do the uh, loaded gun like his dad used to do, like be the crazy loaded gun. Um, I can see him doing it because he has a lot of actions outside the ring on promos and stuff like his dad had. And uh, I thought we were going to see it when MJF uh, was talking about his mom's drug addiction and all that stuff. I was hoping we were going to see it, but I, I really think that they need to go that route with him sooner than later. So that's just my opinion. Um Actually, it's funny you mentioned that uh, um, Kentucky guy. I don't know if you heard, but I think it was a couple months ago. His mom actually passed away in real life. It was very tragic. Uh, no, I did not know that. I did not know that. Now, the thing with uh, MJF was just, a, you know, it was a work. It wasn't true. But, uh, no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know his, uh, distinction. his mom passed away. Wow, I hate to hear that. And, you know, that family, it, it, they broadcasted it, so... I mean, of course, we can talk about it. I mean, they broadcasted it all over the place. They did all kinds of interviews after Brian Pillman's death and have since through the years. Uh, there there was an addiction problem in that family. Uh, and the mother was uh, an addict, too. Now, I don't know if that caused her death or if she was clean. She might have been clean for 20 years. I don't know. But 
um, when you open something like that up as a family and kind of hang it out there, it's people are going to talk about it, you know. So, yeah, so I'm sorry for his loss. No, I had no idea. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the story, though, because uh, I was just using that as an example. But I'm glad you told me because uh, that's horrible. All right, so the next match was uh, the Judgment Day. Uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles. And, of course, the Judgment Day did win. Um, a couple notes that I took down from that match because I thought it was great. Uh, the Rey Mysterio, uh, the baseball slide he did, like into the head scissors to take down uh, Finn Balor. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> No, I was just going to say vintage Ray Mysterio yeah, that was, as Michael Cole I thought Cole that was awesome. I, I really did. I thought that was great. Uh, and then Styles, my favorite part was Styles getting mad at Ray <laughs> for costing him the match and uh, and then shoving Ray on the ground. Now, Ray's not completely innocent. Okay, so he's in the heat of the moment and he shoves you on the ground, right? But that doesn't mean that you walk away when the whole Judgment Day group uh, starts attacking the guy that was just your... A tag team partner and Ray did nothing did not come back in there and do anything and just walked away and I thought that was pretty crappy your thoughts yeah for it wasn't very characteristic of uh, Ray Mysterio he's, he's usually a pretty upstanding guy and can let things slide but uh I don't think there's I don't think it's something you should read too deeply into I think it was just a situation where well I mean, if you want to be like that, man, then I'll just leave you to leave you to get. I think up. that might be used as one of the reasons that uh, AJ Styles becomes a part of Judgment Day. I don't know. Could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, so then uh, we had uh, Mustafa Ali, who I had no idea was still with the WWE. Uh, you talk about an underrated, not used right talent. That's him right there. Uh, I think he's a great, great talent, uh, but he's just always been underutilized, even on NXT. But anyways, he challenges Bobby Lashley for his shot uh, at the uh, title. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, he put up a fight, I guess. But, man, oh, man, Bobby ended up winning, and he absolutely <laughs> just turned him inside out with that clothesline that he did at, uh, at ringside. Don't get me wrong, uh, when he did, uh, when Ali did that 450 splash on top of uh, Bobby Lashley's arm, uh, that was awesome. And especially when they replayed it and slowed it down, that was, whew. But, man, that clothesline just about took his head off. So, I thought this was an entertaining match. Um, I thought I thought Mustafa Ali actually showed some skills in this match, and they were able to present him. Of course, he's going against Bobby Lashley, who is great at putting people over anyways. So, your thoughts? Yeah, it's good to see Mustafa Ali getting some TV time, at least, and giving Bobby Lashley a fresh opponent to face. Um, it still makes me kind of wonder who is going to take the U.S. title off of Bobby Lashley, though, because right now he, he's pretty unstoppable. As soon as he's done with Riddle, in my opinion. Okay. What? What, he, almost took say, it, he almost took it the last time they fought if Riddle wouldn't have got involved. Just saying. Throwing that out there. Uh, so uh, the next match was Candice LeRae 
versus Dakota Kai. Once again, I'm going to say this, and I say it all the time. Candice LeRae, since she's back and she's on Raw, needs to be in Bailey's faction, not fighting them. Anyways, this match was pretty good. It was decent. I've seen these both in other matches, both these girls, and they've done a lot better. I was actually looking forward to this match. It was all right. Dakota Kai did win and causing Candice LeRae to, yeah, to lose her second match after her debut, which uh, surprised me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, they could have went. I know these two women very well. I watched them in NXT. I watched them on the independent ticket. Uh, they could have went much harder. I know they have Extreme Rules coming. Well, no, they're not in any matches for Extreme Rules. They're there to help. Their, full, their whole focus is to make Bayley a world champion right now. So I don't know why they held back, but I thought it could have been better. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. It's, you know, even though the WWE's women's division is overall stronger than AEW's right now, at least in its presentation, there's still times where you think to yourself, why couldn't they just make this match a few minutes longer? Give these ladies a little bit more of a chance to shine, showcase their wrestling abilities. I I hate when women's matches are are like preemptively cut short. It's it, it's not it's not fair, and, uh, honestly. And and like I said, it seems like they were held back a little bit too, not just by time, but like, uh, I don't know. It just, I was really looking forward to the match and I don't even like to watch women's wrestling. You know that, but, uh, these two here, uh, were kind of my favorites when I used to watch them on NXT and, uh, I thought it'd be better. Uh, the next match was, uh, actually, uh, LeRae's husband, Johnny Gargano, and he faced Otis. Uh, theory actually hit, uh, Gargano with the briefcase, uh, while the ref was uh, was looking the other way. So Otis is able to hit a huge power slam for the win. Uh, Braun Strowman comes running out. He takes out Otis on his way to the ring before he gets his hands on Gable. Uh, they have their match right then and there. Uh, of course, Braun Strowman, uh, Strowman wins. Uh, but, 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 I have to say this. <laughs> uh, Otis showed some signs of the old Otis and self-confidence again. He was a little bit more focused. And I'm telling you what, when he sent Braun Strowman off the, over that announce table, dude, that was like magic. I mean, he looked great. So I don't know what's going on. Something's fired him back up, and I'm glad. And Gable's just, Gable's always been a great wrestler, always. I mean, he did that suplex to Braun Strowman. And I thought he was going to beat him with it. I was like, holy cow, he's going to upset him. I mean, he's, he's amazing. They just don't do enough with him. But uh, overall, I thought it, I thought both these matches together, they were okay. They were better than what I thought they were going to be. I thought they were just going to be squash matches. So, your thoughts? I'm glad they weren't just squash matches. Uh, I have a great, 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 great dislike of squash matches. I don't care how big or how strong a guy is. You can still make him look dominant, but not make it be a total squash. You've got to let the the opponent get a little bit of offense in just to create a tiny bit of drama. I agree. Speaking of squash matches, <laughs> uh, that goes into our next match. Uh, Angelo Dawkins versus Solo. Uh, Solo did score a win after uh, some mayhem that happened at ringside with Sammy and the Usos. Uh one thing that I did like about this Raw was uh, you could still see the growing tensions uh, between Jey Uso and Sammy. 
And I think personally that is going to be, uh, I don't know. I think that storyline's better than the tribal chief right now. Uh, I really like where the storyline's going. Uh, it seems like everything Sammy Zane is doing right now uh, is gold. I mean, he's, he's actually mentioned to uh, Jay Uso, hey, you know, got a problem with it, you know, Paul Roman. So I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got speculation, but uh, I like it. I can dig this storyline. Your thoughts? Oh, I have a little bit. I have a little bit of a theory. I'm not talking about Austin theory, but a little bit of a theory about what might happen. You, uh, you know that we have Survivor Series coming up in just a little over a month now. I, I'd say in November, and they are bringing back War Games. And I, I have a suspicion that uh, the the big War Games match at the pay per view is going to be basically the Bloodline. But when I say the Bloodline, I mean the Usos, Solo Sokoa. And honorary Us Sami Zayn against against some opponents. We don't know who those opponents are going to be just yet. Although I'm willing to bet that Kevin Owens might be on the uh, opposing side. And I think uh, that's where everything's going to come to a head. We're going to find out. Uh, you know, is Sami going to turn his back on the bloodline? Is he going to stick with them a little while longer? Are they going to turn on him? What's going to? But I think all is going to be revealed in War Games next. Something month that I heard about series. War Games, uh, and I and I did hear one of the teams were supposed to be the Bloodline with Sami Zayn, uh, and this was just a guy making a special speculation. But they said that the other five on the team were going to be people who um, have fought Roman Reigns over the last two years, like big names for the title. I don't know how true that is. But Kevin Owens would be one of those names. So, yeah, uh, could be interesting. Could be very interesting. Uh, let's see. Then we have, uh, so uh, we had Bailey and uh, Bianca Belair sign the contract for their ladder match, right? And then uh, uh, they switch footage, and it shows that uh, Dakota Kai and Sky attacking Alexa Bliss in uh, Asuka backstage. This led to Bliss who had a, I don't know if you caught it or not, but she had a crazy look in her eye when she challenged, uh, when she challenged uh, Io Sky uh, to a match that night because Asuka, her tag team partner, uh, was injured by a steel chair attacked to, uh, I think, her leg, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, Belair accompanied, uh, accompanied uh, Alexa Bliss to the ring um, to kind of help the odds. Uh, I thought Bliss looked more aggressive than I've, I've, we've seen her in a while. Um, I thought she did a pretty good job. Uh, my only thing was uh, Eos Sky did win, of course, because of interference again. Like like they, every match, they, they have interference. Uh, but uh, Eos Sky did, uh, she did get the victory. Uh, I do see Bliss turning to the dark side sooner than later. Uh, I'm very surprised she's not in a match or involved in a match. Uh, at Extreme Rules, uh, and I don't see how they'll do it because she kind of turned on Ray. So I don't know. I just don't. I I don't know how how that's going to happen. So, but I do see her starting to shift back into that role. I I mean, you could see it in her eyes. Your thoughts? Yeah, they're certainly giving us that impression she's going to go back to that character. And does that mean she's going to join up with 
with Bray Wyatt if if he comes back. Um, I certainly think that she was better when she was paired up with him than when she was by herself because as much as I thought thought she committed to that character, the the backstage segments just all got so hokey. And and one and one feud I remember she was in that really sticks out to me as being awful is when she feuded with Eva Marie um, last year. That was one of the most god awful feuds I've seen in my life. Um, so if they're gonna make her go back to being that character, she has to be. Paired yeah, and up you have to remember something about that opinion. feud that you're talking about. Uh, that was Eva Marie. <laughs> it's hard to put somebody like that over. I think so. I thought her, uh, the only good feud that she had on her own after Bray Wyatt, uh, just to caveat of what you were talking about, I thought the feud with uh, Charlotte Flair was probably her best work by herself. Uh, doing, I, I didn't like the Nia Jax thing or any of that. I think Charlotte Flair was the best one. Of course, she had the queen. The queen can make anybody look good, right? So. Uh, and then before we get into SmackDown's uh, card real quick, I know we're going over, uh, but I think we need to mention this. Uh, WWE, uh, yesterday, they announced that a new commentary team have been set up for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So, going forward, and it starts tonight, because tonight is supposed to be the premiere episode of SmackDown, new season. Uh, I don't remember these guys taking a break or a season finale, but okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. So, on Raw, uh, Kevin Patrick will provide the play-by-play with Corey Graves as the color commentator. And Michael Cole will call the action on SmackDown alongside Wade Barrett. And the play-by-play man, Vic Johnson, will be joined by WWE Hall of Famer Booker T on NXT. I like it. I like the shakeup. The reason why, now, don't... Pat McAfee, for all you Pat McAfee fans, and I'm a fan too, uh... He, he's just, he's doing college football right now as a commentator. He'll be back. He'll, he'll be back. Him and Michael Fuller uh, are such a strong team. They're not going to, they're not going to do away with that, jo- with that jewel they have there. But uh, I did think that we needed to uh, mention that because, uh, you know, I don't want you guys tuning in tonight and uh, saying what the heck's going on. Your thoughts on that, sir? I think it's an interesting shakeup, um, and obviously they had to do something with Pat McAfee, um, you know, uh, going to, to do commentary for college football for a while. I, and, and, I'm, and I know many people were maybe expecting somebody else to be the new color commentator on SmackDown, but I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I was just so happy to hear that uh, Wade Barrett was going to be doing uh, color commentary on one of the shows. Uh, so that's a uh, that, that that's and, uh, a great that's, Niall that's a great is uh, gone. announcement. What do you think about that? They let him go. Uh, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Nigel McGuinness is gone. Yeah, he's done. Really? I tell that's, you what, that's a disappointment. I seen an interview that that took place today with Tony Khan, and Tony Khan said on the interview, "I quote." Yes, I am looking to put Ring of Honor on its own on a network station. Tony Khan, you need to go get Nigel. He is a great wrestling announcer. I think it's a huge loss to WWE. I know everybody can't work. There's only so many positions. 
but uh, I, I just I, I think Tony Khan should get him for Ring of Honor. What do you think about that? When he, I think he'd fit right in. Oh, he's Nigel McGuinness and Ring of Honor go together like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, it's a no-brainer. He's a former Ring of Honor pure and Ring of Honor world champion, no question about it. And, you know, the worst part, I mean, speaking of Nigel McGuinness, talk about a guy who had all the tools to be successful in either WWE or back in the day it would have been TNA. TNA, I mean, I know he had to ultimately retire from wrestling because of health reasons, but when he first went to TNA, they dropped the ball big time on Nigel McGuinness. They renamed him. They changed his hairstyle. Basically, he lost his identity. And except for a couple of good matches with Kurt Angle when he first debuted, you might as well just erase yeah, that I whole agree. run from uh, history. He, uh, uh, they used to be really bad for that under the Dixie Carter promotion <laughs> of dropping the ball. They didn't know what they had. Uh, they were too worried about bringing in older wrestlers who were already done, which the same reason... I. You know, and luckily they had enough money to survive uh, because uh, that's what put WCW out. So so anyways, I'm going to go over the SmackDown match card real quick and then I'll let you chime in. Uh, basically, this match card, I know none of you listening really care. Everybody's waiting for the next barcode on the White Rabbit <laughs> before we go into Extreme Rules tomorrow. But they do have some matches lined up. Uh, the first one uh, that I have wrote down is... Uh, and I don't think this is going to end fairly, and I think this match is going to carry over till tomorrow. I think they're going to have a rematch tomorrow. I don't know why. I don't know why this wasn't just booked for Extreme Rules. They have the room uh, instead of having it on SmackDown, but we have the Intercontinental uh, title up for grabs. Gunther uh, is going to defend it against Sheamus. There's, uh, I'm not saying Sheamus can't beat Gunther. I think he could, but I don't see it happening on SmackDown. Uh, Logan Paul will come face-to-face with Roman Reigns for the first time since their uh, interview. Uh, Solo, a member of the Bloodline, is booked to fight uh, Ricochet tonight. And let's see. Uh, Oh, Shotzi got her tank back, so we'll look for that. It should be any matter of time she'll be riding it uh, back down the aisle. And that's about all they have booked so far uh, for SmackDown, which we know they don't book as much because it's not as long show. <clears throat> but I do see Braun Strowman. Oh, by the way, that Braun Strowman and Chad Gable uh, match, did you notice that Omos was looking on? Are they really going to put Omos in the ring? with Bron- Braun Strowman will destroy that guy. Destroy him. Is that really going to happen in your, in, in your thoughts or? Well, first of all, I, I think it would be a terrible match, number one, because Braun Strowman would have to carry him through the match, which is no easy task. Um, I, I mean, yeah, they might be suggesting that those two are going to wrestle. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea, and I definitely think if they were to wrestle, I think Braun Strowman yep. should be Okay, sure so that is them. all I have. I have. I do have, I'm sorry, I have one last thing. And the only reason why is for you, Mr. Cage. And I seen a report today, and I was like, man, Donnie would love to hear this. So basically, Mike Johnson of the ProWrestlingInsider.com, uh, he has made a report that L.A. Knight will be returning sooner to television than later. 
and he said that he was a big thing under Triple H as a competitor in NXT. And the male models thing was never his idea. Uh, he hated it, and it never did go over with the fans at the beginning. And now that uh, Triple H is the best thing that could ever happen to uh, L.A. Knight, and he should be turning to his former self on the main roster and actually have a true go very soon. Your thoughts? Well, all I want to say is once again, because he's a, just a super talented performer, I admired the former L.A. Knight's commitment to the Max Dupree character. I absolutely admired that. However, I knew it was garbage from day one. He knew it was garbage. The fans knew it was garbage. Triple H knew it was garbage. But it was Vince McMahon's idea. And I, I remember even reading that L.A. Knight expressed his frustration with the character backstage. And that actually got him heat with management at the time. So the fact that they're going to finally bring back his character from NXT sooner than later is, is great yep, news. I agree. And, and I, I did like Maximum Models as a joke uh, at the beginning. Uh, but, you know, I started thinking back about some of uh, uh, LA Knight's matches in NXT and uh, his uh, feuds that he had and uh, his promos because you kept bringing it up every week every time I talked about these guys. And, uh, you know, you were right. Uh, he is a much better uh, uh, singles competitor as L.A. Knight. And uh, I think that uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, but he did have frustrations over this. Uh, he was so excited to get pulled up uh, to the main roster and just be thrown into this character. I mean, yeah, I'd be disappointed, too. All right, sir. So that's all I do have for this episode. Uh, did we did did we talk we did talk about the SmackDown card right yeah uh huh sorry <laughs> the Max Dupree thing was uh or the LA thing was actually up above the Max uh, SmackDown well, card so that's how come I got confused but anyways anyways uh turn it over to you sir you got anything left uh, well I just had one uh, addition and I actually had to look this up while we were talking the uh. So the Gunther Sheamus match that's happening on SmackDown, it is for the Intercontinental title. But what I, upon doing more research, that match at Extreme Rules between Imperium and uh, the Brawling Brutes is actually a six-person matchup. So it's going to be Gunther, um, I always mess up his name, Ludwig Kaiser and, and Giovanni versus uh, Butch, uh, Ridge Holland and Sheamus at the pay-per-view. Um, so it will be interesting to see if there's a definitive winner tonight in this intercontinental title match, or if it, it, it ends in some sort of big schmaz and they just eventually yeah, so have the rubber have match the, somewhere uh, down the uh, road. Yeah, I didn't know that. So I just read the names and, uh, it didn't actually tell me the, uh, individuals though. So. Yeah. So, uh, so my prediction is wrong <laughs> that they're going to, uh, uh, Something shenanigans are going to happen, and then they're going to have a rematch uh, tomorrow. But you know, at least Sheamus is going to be on the big stage tomorrow, and Gunther because they deserve to be there. So at least they're going to be there in some form. So good, good for them. All right, folks. So that is all the time we do have for today. You've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. Hey, folks. We will see you next time.
Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, God bless and God bless America.